You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Hustlers. Front hook, ankle hook, knee hook. From here, you can do the carousel, the switch, and wrap. Minus 40% is 160. I just want to take care of my grandma, maybe go shopping every once in a while. When I was a kid, I always wanted to work with animals. <laughs> I was close. These Wall Street guys, you see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. The game is rigged, and it does not reward people who play by the rules. It's like robbing a bank, except you get the keys. Are you in? I gotta I need These are my coworkers. Jobs, please. What if somebody calls the cops? And says what? I spent $5,000 at a strip club, send help. Damn. We're a family now. Damn. A family with money. Damn. And when would you say that things got out of control? is as follows. Inspired by a New York Magazine article by Jessica Presler that went viral, former strip club employees band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. The film is starring Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez, Julia Stiles, Kiki Palmer, Lily Reinhart, Lizzo, and Cardi B. It is written and directed by Laureen Scafaria. Join me for this podcast review. I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Ryan C. Showers. Hi, everybody. Dan Bayer. Work the clock, not the cock. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we're starting. All right, great. (laughs) And I am Matt Neglia, uh, which is something I'm going to start saying now because I never introduced myself on these, I noticed. (laughs) And people apparently, um, yeah. (sighs) But in any event, though. (laughs) So, Hustlers, a lot of hype for this one. I don't, I don't want to say leading up to TIFF. I feel like the reaction leading up to TIFF uh, based on the trailer was one of, huh, okay, you know, let's wait and see. Maybe a little bit of, oh, let's see what Constance Wu is doing post Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, but I didn't really get the sense that this had a level of excitement and hype around it. So to much in all of our surprise, this film landed like a bombshell at TIFF where it just blew up and everybody's raving about it and everybody's saying how great it is. And now next thing you know, the buzz generates, it's doing well at the box office and the reactions continue to keep pouring in. So with that said, let's get those reactions going. I pass it off first to Casey Lee Clark. What did you ultimately think of Hustlers? Yeah, so I think I think this trailer, does, 
for this. I want to start off talking about the trailer because I think that clouds, I think, my judgment of going into the movie. But I think this trailer sells it to something that I don't fully think it is, which I think is a good and bad thing. Like, for me, I saw the trailer and I was like, I don't think this would be really my thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. And then the reactions came out about it. And I, everybody was seeing it and they wanted to be part of the conversation, whatever. And I also heard that Jennifer Lopez strips to criminal and I was like, excuse me, (laughs) come again. Um, And I, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I had such a great time. I think that, I think it's so much more than just the stripper movie. And I think that obviously the trailer sells it to be a little bit more commercial than it is to get butts in the seat and it's working. Um, and I think that it had a lot of heart to it and it was a lot more dramatic than I was expecting. I think the performances are great, particularly Constance Wu and JLo, dear God. (laughs) I think I like the act one of this movie when they are 2007 strip club moment the most, just I think the music cues and whatnot, but I think the the rest of the film is still very good. And yeah, I think I would probably get more into like critiques and whatnot later on but overall i had a much better time than i expected yeah i had a blast with this i mean Mm -hmm. my audience had a blast with it it was funny it was emotional it was stylish and slick and thrilling at times and most importantly of all i really really understood these characters yeah i understood what they wanted i understood why they did what they did i understood how they did it And I understood the aftermath of it as well. And that created for me what felt like a full cinematic experience. You know, it's like we described that sort of thing when it's like more profound or um, like a technical achievement or something like that. But in terms of getting all you could want for your dollar at the movies on a Friday night, Hustlers delivered and then some. And I also say one more thing. I... I went to the 1215 showing today and it was almost sold out. Nice. I had people on both sides of me. And it's funny. I'm normally like a stickler for movie, like phones coming out in movies. The girl next to me pulled her phone out and started recording JLo's big strip scene. And I was like, I can't fault her for this. I'm like, I'm not even that mad. (laughs) I was like, no, yeah. All right. I now pass it over to Dan Bayer. Dan Bayer, what did you think of Hustlers? (sighs) Well, I was at TIFF when this premiered there and it sort of got the most gigantic buzz. Um, everyone was talking, you know, give JLo an Oscar. It's amazing. Lorene Scafaria should direct everything. And I got really excited about it. Like as if I wasn't already excited by the trailer, um, you know, because it just looked fantastic. And I didn't I didn't see it at TIFF because I knew that it would be open basically right when I got back. So I, you know, I just decided to spend my time at TIFF elsewhere. And then I got back and people started seeing it in theaters, not at the festival. And they were also, it's amazing. JLo should win everything and all this. And so I went to see it and I was really hyped up and I was really excited for it. And I don't think there has been a film that has been a bigger victim of overhype this year. Oh, huh. Um, wow. I, n- not that 
I didn't enjoy it. I did. <laughs> I enjoyed it very, very much. But in the end, I just thought it was good. Yeah, no, I, I think I know where you're coming from with this. I, yeah, I, this I isn't like... going to make your top 10. No. It's not going to be one of the defining films of the decade or anything like that. It's a solid studio movie. Right, exactly. It's solid. It's good. And like, I mean, Lord knows the solid, <laughs> well-made studio films are, you know, we should be thankful every time Dime a dozen, those yeah. Because we get so little ones that are actually as good as this. But at the same time, like, I, people were really hyping this up to be better than the average, and I just like, I it's fine, it's well, good, it's enjoyable. It just never became anything more than that for me. Yeah, I, and I can understand too where that comes from, just in just in regards to like festival hype. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think we all fall victim to it at some point, And oh, we yeah. also fall victim to listening to others um, do it at some point as well. And I, I could see that. I, I also could see how you maybe went into this, Dan, thinking it was like maybe a um, like a best picture or best like, you know. Well, no, I didn't even go in thinking like that. But I did go in thinking like, OK, I'm going to really love this, like maybe not top 10 but maybe top 20 of the year mm-hmm. and it it is not coming close to that okay you know, dan also you were kind of seeing this movie amongst all of these big end of the year players too so i do think you know well, maybe I, perspective <laughs> like i by comparison had, maybe yeah possibly i had a a week almost a full week detox <laughs> between yeah. my last film of tiff and seeing this i think there was, okay. it was like six days but yeah i mean yeah that that's fair okay um i think there's something to be said though for the overhypeness though maybe maybe because yeah. uh, i because i did hear people like saying especially for me when i saw it i i you know my belief, and I'll, I'll equate it to one thing about the movie. I think Jennifer Lopez's performance is good enough to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. I don't think she's winning an Oscar. No. But yeah. the reactions yeah. were so enthusiastic mm-hmm. that it led me to believe that this was like, yeah. you know, the cool. greatest thing ever. And the reactions know? to it even after the the TIFF reactions. Like cool. The reactions from people who were seeing it, you know, in preview screenings here or in seeing it opening night here and stuff well, like that. And, and now that we got a grounded, well-rounded, you know, different perspectives here, let's let's hear from Ryan because I know he's going to defend it. And I know he loves it, and I, I I like that we have different levels of like here. So Ryan, well, I feel like I uh, to, for for me the it, there wasn't a lot of pre-hype. I felt like it was a very abrupt kind of thing. Like you know, it just came out of nowhere. And uh, the level that's of how I felt, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. so I think maybe that contributed to my um, my appreciation for it. Like I, you know, the the Rotten Tomatoes and the Metacritic score just kept going up and up, and it was in the eighties, and I was like, oh my god, you know. And I kind of saw it quickly right after the reviews started pouring in, and all the buzz came out of TIFF, and um, I think it just it, it hit me like a bus almost, you know. I and I wasn't prepared to love it as much as I did. Um, I kind of I walked out of it thinking this is the type of movie that people will 
it's like so audience friendly, but there's so much to study technically and kind of study socially about the movie that this is the type of film that will be the topic of like film essays and for like, you know, intro gen- general elective college courses. Well, yeah, because there's um, I, I, I'll, I'll make another comparison here. I think it's better than Magic Mike. Yeah, no, I think there's a better Magic Mike in there. Oh, I disagree. I think Magic Mike is better. I know Magic Mike has its fans. Totally understandable. <laughs> uh, but Ryan, I think what you're getting at in terms of the essay bit, I think that was the part of it that I liked the most. For example, um, I really, really love that the Jennifer Lopez character, Ramona, kind of takes this whole idea of we're going to drug the Wall Street guys mm-hmm. and we're going to rip them off because we got to make a living and we got to get money and they're no longer coming into the club anymore like they used to and that's not fair. And like what they did to all these poor people, you know, anyone going to really feel sorry for these guys? Basically, that mentality of I'm going to take advantage of people for my own benefit is exactly what the Wall Street people did. Yeah. And there's a bit of a, you know, uh, what's what's where I'm looking for here? Um, Hypocritical, like, kind of a take there in terms of what she starts off doing obviously is for the right intentions, but it just ends up being this uh, this circle, if you Mm -hmm. will. Uh, That needs to be broken. And I I definitely think there's a very, very interesting perspective there, especially also because the movie's not told from her perspective. It's told from uh, Constance Wu's uh, perspective, Destiny. What a name. Destiny. (laughs) I I know it's Dorothy. I know it's Dorothy, but I'm just saying. (laughs) There's something especially postmodern about this movie that like it draws on so much and it's so self-aware and it creates like really great technical moments like the scene where um there's no sound towards the end i thought yeah. that was so cool i was like oh wait are you talking about the um the, the recording? recording yes played over uh, the, yeah the recording where she turns the tape recorder off i was like oh my gosh this is so cool i'm yeah. just having a ball <laughs> but you know before like, and you mentioned magic mike and i do think there's a bit of magic mike in there but also like um what movie that no one's talking about um as a comparison is molly's game and i think it's so much molly's game like the editing the pace the yes the fun you know even like the the topic the the hustle kind of this you know well i think i think people are equating Mm -hmm. that to um they're they're using uh i've I've heard a lot of people throwing yeah goodfellas a lot in terms of the slick stylish filmmaking uh that you know someone like scorsese would use but i i like your comparison there to molly's game a little bit more there uh ryan because this movie has a lot of energy to it yep it moves at a clip there's like no wasted moments the editing from uh, like the narrative framing device of destiny telling uh, the story to uh, julia styles character of uh, journalist who's uh, writing the article about the scam and how we keep cutting back and forth between that and also getting some uh, revealing bits of uh, character moments both with the present uh destiny and in the, the past destiny as well i i really really like how the movie is able to play with all of this and mm-hmm. have fun with it and make it very engaging for the audience. There's a couple of obvious like montages, which, you know, are part of the course for this type of a uh, story. And there's some great musical moments too. There's so yeah. many great music the, the moments. The montages in this are amazing and the soundtrack is perfect. It's really Give me great. Give more moment is my favorite. I have to say, I, I love that song. What the hell is that name of that song? Um, Give me more. I love that song, Royals. Oh, Royals. By, by Lord. But yep. my God, was it used 
so so well in this movie i'm happy oh. wearing that juicy couture sweatshirt with the crown so on the back i loved <laughs> it oh well perfect. and you know like no the music is perfect and you know you know what else you know what other movie this reminds me of is american hustle of course the music it and the montages <laughs> and the topic like you know you if, like i said i tweeted out i said if you put molly's mm-hmm. game american hustle goodfellas and widows into a blender you get this movie and i ate up every minute of it i thought the direction and the editing had so much life to them i never really liked j-lo as an actress maybe i just haven't seen her good movies that i i've hold on wait, 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 like, back up eh? back up you haven't seen selena or out of sight i saw out of sight the boy next door ago. I need to, I know, I, I know, I I need to catch up on her. But like, I, I saw it out of sight a long time ago. I don't really remember it. I'm, I'm going to catch up now. I want to see Selena. Um, but I was blown away, like, of how charismatic she was, how she has inhabited the character. Like, the yeah. scene where you talk, you just talked about Matt, where she talks about the Wall Street guys. And, you know, I, I thought that scene in the coffee shop was her best moment for me. The best moment for me was outside the courthouse uh, yeah, that, with her that and Constance Wu. That was Wu. the scene that sealed the deal for me. That was the uh, yeah. Goodfellas, yeah. you know, that was the Goodfellas, why did you do that, Karen? You know, <laughs> like, it's that moment of um, just, you could feel the heartbreak um, and the friendship between these two in that moment from her perspective, mind yeah, you. It's beautiful. Uh, for Destiny, it obviously comes a lot earlier than that. But that's that's the thing, too, that the movie like did for me that I was like so, so impressed by was it really, really got me invested so much in the friendship yep. between these characters. Now, admittedly, and this is where the movie gets a little bit of a knock from me, um, the supporting characters didn't really feel it so much. I'd agree. I didn't really feel characterization. I, I got more caricature stuff out of them than anything. Oh, this one always vomits all the time. This one's the one who can't keep her mouth shut and is always spilling the beans <laughs> about everything. You know, but the uh, but Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez, I think, have very, very well-rounded characters that get a lot, a lot of meat to play with to make their scenes emotional and deeply empathetic. That when those scenes happen later on in the third act, and I mean, Destiny is concerned about what Ramona like thinks about her after all this time and everything. It's oh. It's very, you feel it. You really, really feel it. Because at the end of the day, Destiny's just a character who wants to feel connected. She wants to have friends. She wants to, yeah. you know, be a part of something. I Two two things that, um, so one is, um, I think Constance Wu is better in this movie than J-Lo. Um, and two, I, I actually didn't become all that invested in the friendship between those two characters because we're clued in at the start of the movie that they're no longer friends. That makes it all the more tragic, Dan. I agree. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, I agree. But I wasn't that like it, it works in terms of story, but I was never really invested in these characters because I already knew where it was going to end up. It was Again. all, it was Tragedy. interesting, but not emotionally involving for me. I don't know. I, I think because Constance Wu just has this um, quality about her that makes her extremely likable and relatable. I, I kind of want to just give her a hug. And so when she's being <laughs> hugged by Jennifer Lopez in this huge coat. I got that far. I want to feel the ah. warmth of that. I want to feel the warmth of that for that character throughout. I want her to feel held. I want her to feel valued. I want her to feel loved. 
And throughout this movie, I was on that character's journey with her through the highs and through the lows, even when, and this is like a fear of mine in life in general. Could you imagine, like to all of you, could you imagine if like your best friend started doing something that you knew was morally like wrong and just how insanely conflicted that would make you as a result? It, it just like, I have yeah. lived it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I am living it. I mean, my best friend and I—we do morally wrong shit all the time. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> do I need to call the cops, Ryan? What's going on? <laughs> hey, you know what? You do what you got to do. I, and that was the other thing. Like the with the whole framing device, I just spent the whole movie wondering, like, well, what what happened to Destiny between the end of this con and now that she is yeah. living in this rather posh suburban life but that's what keeps your interest in like your your uh, the end point that's what keeps you going to that and i think no i agree and then like they completely skipped over that part i I agree i agree with dan and we don't get an explanation as to why i i agree with that i think act one of this movie is so strong and then i feel like act two there's a lot of repetition and they get kind of bogged down in things and then act three they kind of speed things up and i think what happened is the fact that this movie was shot in like march yeah. In like 29 yeah. days. And the fact that it's coming out now, I'm like, what? That they well, like, I feel like there's probably like, I think if this had a longer post production, could have been more fine tuned in the editing room and stuff. Or even if there was like some more fine tuning to the script and stuff, I think I could, it would have taken it from good to really great in my yeah, estimation. Yeah, I agree. One other thing too that was kind of pulling me along with the story that I was genuinely curious about, but it turned out to end up being really not much. I I, I always got the impression that there was an angle with the Julia Stiles character, like for like like I I got this like impression almost that she was that she was posing as a journalist and she wasn't really a journalist maybe, or she was digging deeper to uncover something that would incriminate them more or I don't know just something because there definitely seemed to be a lot of tension in those scenes between her and Constance Wu um, especially where Constance Wu was like I'm sorry why are you asking me about this and like things of that nature Mm -hmm. but no she just turns out to be a good journalist who's just genuinely curious you know what I mean I I didn't really read into it the way you did but I I understand what you mean Um, and again maybe that's something a part of the film that just doesn't entirely 100% work well, I think it. I think it actually comes full circle then when she calls her later. Yeah. Because she's calling her, I think, for two reasons. One is she wants to know what Ramona obviously thinks about her because that's what the dialogue says. But I also think she's calling her because she doesn't have Ramona in her life and she's lonely. Bingo, and yeah. I think she feels some sort of a connection to this person, even though it's not yeah. clearly a friendship thing. Like it's like a person that she's opened up to whether she wanted to or not. So she yeah. inherently knows all these things about her. So she could. Exactly. Like, yeah. And she's just looking for a connection at that point. And I and I think that's what's so strong about how the movie ends. I do. And I left wondering if, if these two characters would ever reconnect. And, you know, I'm hopeful that they did. But um you know, Casey, to your point about the way that the movie, I, I wouldn't st- I wouldn't go so strictly by the first half and second half. I think the movie does a very a, a really great job into Act three, but where it fit, where it didn't work one hundred percent for me was sticking the landing. I don't think that it so- sorts everything out in the climax to perfection in the I ways that, that the first eighty minutes were perfection, like it was just from the montages, the style, the vision, the energy. 
in the characterization. I thought it was just beat by beat. I had no problem with anything until like they started sorting out the the last 10, uh, 10 15 minutes, and that's where it went. It went down a, a number, um, a rating number for me. Um, sadly, where it's not going to be so high in my top ten, it may still make my top ten at the end of the year. But if it had just landed the climax just a little bit better, I think that's that's the weakness of the film. I can agree with that. But I want to just say though, even though that that is true, and I, I like honestly, like I'm telling you, that's like a knock I have against the movie. I've got like little tiny things, but when everything else is firing on all cylinders, like it is in this, and there is a degree of expectation which we talked about at length here that I think also factors in maybe a little bit with it as well. Hell. I think if the expectations are too high for anything, uh, you're not going to meet them. So this applies to all types of movies. But let's 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 call it like it is. We saw this as a commercial movie that had strippers and Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, whose career as an actress has been spotty at best. So we were all a little hesitant about this one, you know, to a certain degree here and there until the reaction started pouring in. Speak for yourself. Okay, <laughs> fine. I was right. not. I was not hesitant about this at all. I thought this looked like a fun time at the movies, and that's pretty much what I got. But then, see, one... I think it's deeper than that. I agree. I think, but I, I also like. There was a chunk of girls that had sat right near me in the movie theater that were in the bathroom the same time as me after, and like they were. I think one of them, all I heard was the line where, like, it was good, but I like girls' trip more. Like, the fact that they're, like, equating this with girls' trip is an interesting, Mm. (laughs) like, dichotomy. That was, like, so that's what I feel like this movie's selling. And it's more, I think it's way more of a drama than I think that trail or whatever led on. Which is not a problem, but I think that, like, like, there's definitely parts in that second act where, like, I could see, like, the people around me that wanted the fun movie that were kind of, like, bored. There are some, like, really dark moments in this. I mean, like, when she has, like, the blood stain on her shirt and she's taking her kid to school and everything. That scene, I love that scene. (sighs) You know, one of the the other things, too, that, like, I I, I was really, I was was super, super annoyed by this, was I was really, really annoyed uh, by... I'm going to criticize my own people here. I was really, really annoyed by the male reaction to this movie. Really? Super annoyed by it. Absolutely. Well, what is the male reaction to this movie? Yeah, I'm curious. The male reaction to the movie is, why are we sympathizing with people that drugged a bunch of dudes and took their money? Um, because the dudes deserved it. Exactly. No, I'm just <laughs> saying that just that's what's so are... annoying. It's obvious. But like you're getting all these people that are trolling the movie on like IMDb and things of that nature, and it's it's fucking bullshit. Are we yeah. shocked though? It's like really? Um, but then if it was a movie with like male characters that were doing this, like like Goodfellas and things, it's not a problem. Well, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I think is Wolf of Wall Street, I think is a better example where it's like deplorable behavior is celebrated, mm-hmm. and I think you're getting. You know, and also to a certain extent, I'm I'm not going to, you know, downplay it, but Wolf of Wall Street had its critics at the time as well. Didn't really do that well, even with critics that, that much. Uh, but Hustlers, I think, is like the opposite end of that, once again, where it's like characters that we get attached to that do bad things. Uh, we're still on this journey, though, because the movie has a moral compass at the end of the day. It does. And it's not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, saying, ha, 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 look how great life was. There, no, there is a rise yeah. and there is a fall to this movie and there's an equal balance perspective there. So anyone that wants to write a bullshit review or troll the Internet or be a complete dick about it, that's all you're doing is being a complete dick. Like, this is Ooh. not the, um, um, this is not that kind of a movie, you know? Thank how, you, Matt. However, oh. like, I have to say, I think, and oh God, I'm 
I'm, you know, screw it. I'm going to step in it. I feel like a lot of the initial reactions to this movie were, and like somewhat justifiably so, but a, a little kind of embarrassingly so, they were, yes, JLo, yes, Queen, work. And that is also not a great way to review a movie. Okay. The, well, there is there is so much more going on here than just J Lo being a diva, and like like honestly, I think trying to praise a movie like a praise a performance in a movie, but th- there's so much more to a movie, and I think it does both the movie and the potential audience a disservice to boil it down to this one thing and praise it to the I haven'ts just for that one thing. Yeah, and you know, I don't think I mean, I know that JLo is the face of the the praise of this movie and the discussion of it, but I do think people are appreciating it for the well-roundedness. And yes. I think it just depends on raising my hand to. right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, if if you talk to like people who don't really watch movies or engage with them intellectually like the like like we do on this podcast, like <laughs> I'm sure you would get those reactions, but that's fine. I mean, they're enjoying the movie and they're getting something out of it. I I think that, you know, Matt, I'm really glad that you are harping on the the moral compass of the film because um, I, I think it's so important and I think this the movie's song, strong sense of humanity and um, the the morality is what sets it apart from a film like The Wolf of Wall Street. Why this movie works for me, whereas that one didn't. The the morals and the strong sense of right and wrong are indelibly in the movie and you know. Uh, even like you, you hit on something really profound earlier too. Like I feel like during, even whenever there are good times, even like at the beginning of like the second half of this movie where they're starting to drug these guys, like they're, the characters look like they're having fun and like it, it's kind of fun, but they're not really like it, they know it's bad and they know it's they're feeling shitty. Like I think Constance Wu even has a line where she says, "This was the last good night." Whenever, um, yeah, uh, yes, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's profound. It, there is a lot of depth here. And, I mean, you know, she that character is the moral compass of this movie. But like, Ramona it's, has it's her built own moral compass too. Like, I, I would argue that Ramona's moral compass definitely start like it's there in the beginning, uh, but I definitely think it gets completely lost by the end uh, because you know things obviously get taken way too far. She gets sloppy. Too many people get involved. The, the victim becomes the victimizer. Right. Well, it's that because it's that whole idea of greed, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about uh, what happened on Wall Street. Obviously, unchecked greed, and what happens here, unchecked greed. Yeah. I mean, who's going to stand up to who's going to stand up to Ramona? Yeah. <laughs> She's a force of nature, you know. <laughs> Especially because also too, like nobody wants to stop the ride. Because from Destiny's perspective, if she were to say something uh, forcefully and draw a line in the sand and say, no, like I'm done with this, so too might also end her friendship and relationship with Ramona. Yeah. And she doesn't want that to go away. It, it almost becomes then this bit of why can't things go back to the way they were before? And it's like, well, they can't because the way they were before we were strippers in a club and nobody's going to the club and spending the money like they used to spend anymore. So they, they basically they take a route that is completely morally wrong, even though they justify it to themselves. 
in, in an effort to keep things going as the way they are instead of accepting the reality and getting that retail job and then working harder and adjusting life circumstances and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Well, and this movie does a great job of showing how shitty and how hard life is and how, like you said, Matt, it's really difficult to adjust to change. Like you can't ever go back to the way things were. You know, yeah, one minute you're dancing with Usher, the next minute you're folding clothes at a Gap, you know? <laughs> and whenever she goes back to the strip club, I mean, it's it's a ghost town. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Whenever, so it's, uh, the movie has a lot to say. Yeah. That scene with Usher. And like, can we talk about how technically savvy this movie is? And I think this movie's so slick direction. Like, it yeah. just. Yeah, flies. the cinematography. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's gorgeous. And, and it's like, edited so well. Yeah, edited. and I think there's a Mostly. lot of it being directed by a woman, it being from the female gaze. Of I feel like it's not like a lot of these like quick cuts, let's get very good close-ups on her tits. Like it's nice, like it, yeah. it's and it's showing like it's not yes, they're sexualized, but that's because they are sexual people and they are being seen that way. And it feels like it's coming not from like a voyeuristic weird place and it always no it's an occupation yeah for that and it always it never it feels there's levels of glamour to it but it also kind of feels just like like it's showing you a lot of like like even like in the first scene there was uh there was definitely i i could imagine i'm not saying like i know i I don't know this but i can imagine that there are people who are going to go see this movie because it's like oh let's go see the stripper movie you know and then they're going to walk out and be like right next to me yeah (laughs) then they're going to walk out and be like uh there was a uh there's a lot less tits in that movie than I was expecting. A lot, <laughs> lot more. There's a lot more serious. It was a lot more serious. It's so uh, funny yeah. you say that because I noticed something whenever in my movie theater. I went. I I sat down and stuff. Then I went to the bathroom and as I came back in, I saw no couples, like no heterosexual couples. I saw groups of like like young men or like a dad and his son, and then like a groups of like older women, and then a, then groups of younger women, like just like friends. Like it, it's so. I think that really says a lot about. The, the way that the movie's being marketed and why it made so much money. Like, it's appealing to different groups for different reasons. It's but, a movie for everyone. You know, <laughs> no, really. I My screening was practically sold out and was so diverse in terms of age, gender, ethnicity, sexuality. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I kind of talked before about, like, the cinematic experience. And part of that is obviously watching the movie, but another part of that is also the audience that you watch it with. Mm-hmm. And to have this kind of communal experience where it wasn't just a single demographic, I, I, I didn't think of it like that before. But now that I hear you guys say it, I realized that was my experience as well. It was totally different types of people in the movie theater watching this movie and all reacting in a positive manner to it. You know, the laughs that came, uh, they were there. It was funny, like there's that baking scene where they're, you know, cut and they're on the floor. (laughs) Great laugh out loud moment. Uh, There were moments that were genuinely emotional and there were some gasps uh, from the audience at times when things started to go wrong in certain scenes. I mean, when Jennifer Lopez made her made her appearance in, in the first scene on stage, my, my theater just erupted in applause. Open, uh, J-Lo's first scene is pretty remarkable. Like, I feel like it took everybody's breath away. I like, was like, I had chills. Like, yeah. it, she like stops the room. And then I like how, <laughs> how there's not many cuts to it and because you, you can fully tell like, this is not a body double. She is actually doing this. Those muscles. Like, oh. Work, girl, work. Like my mouth, my, my jaw uh, was dropped the entire time. Just she's like, oh. 50. I'm 29 years old. I wish I had her body. <laughs> I, uh, God. 
She's absolutely God. Gorgeous. She and she just looked amazing. She looks amazing throughout this whole movie. She that, does, She's, and everyone does. And like the 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 charisma of yeah. this cast. Oh my God! Like yeah. I, you know that every and that's the thing. Like everyone in this movie is so charismatic and so in tune with each other that like it's very easy to vibe with them and vibe through it and like be on their level. And I think that's sort of an underrated strength of this movie is how like these every basically every one in this cast is just they have locked in and they grab you and take you along for the ride right with them and that's part of the reason why i think it's so easy to sympathize with these ladies and with what they do because mm-hmm. there's that instant connection that only comes from this kind of ridiculous movie star charisma and everyone in this movie is just like bleeding it from their pores it's incredible well yeah. I can i, I can i say one thing that kind of tags on to what casey said a minute ago mm-hmm. about um the having a female director i think that this is like the quintessential ex- movie that we can point to whenever somebody says oh well you know there is no difference between having a man and a woman behind the camera like it just it, there, there's no difference it doesn't matter like this this would not be the same movie had a man directed it, even the woke. It would have been Like, yeah, like Dan, had you had you or I directed this movie, it, it would still not be. It would have been nearly as personal <laughs> or whatever. It, it's. It, I think this is. It's so important that there was a female director, and like it's. Yeah. You know, in a in a couple years, we'll look back and we're gonna. I think this is a. This is kind of like a. This will be like a, a big thing to look back to. I think. I hope so. I mean, it's making good money, thankfully. I feel like for every studio thing directed by a woman this year that has not made money, we finally get we finally get one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, I think about the the movies last year that we had so many different movies released last year that were directed by women, from you know Destroyer to Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some people think, oh well, you know, can you really tell that was directed by a woman? Where you know, what's the difference that isn't so subtle? I think this one, this is a perfect example. I just don't want people to start saying, well, this movie was better because it was directed by a man on the flip side. No, no, no. But this is, given the subject matter and the expectations and the the the, the topic of strippers, Yeah, it's so important that it was directed by a woman. And it was just brought to life in a different way. Yeah, yeah no, I 100% agree with you on that. I definitely think that if this were told uh, from a different perspective, uh, you might still get the slick direction, you know, the editing and, you know, stuff like that. But inevitably, we would, I think, be looking for uh, criticisms. Yes. I, I think we would instinctually be looking for them and we would find them. Yeah, we would. Inevitably. So what I do want to do right now is I do want to uh, toss it over to final thoughts, uh, great out of 10, and then we'll talk about Oscar potential for the movie. So final thoughts, anything that we did not talk about that you want to mention here? Casey, I toss it to you. Um, Constant Wu's awful bangs. No. Um, <laughs> I kept waiting for that hair to get better. And it as good as she is, the bangs are terrible. <laughs> and like, there's so much time passes. You think that there'd be like a little bit of a hair change. Because it's like, and she even has bangs in real life, but they look a lot better than those ones. And I'm like, what's happening? And I get in the beginning, because it's like 2007, and she's got the pencil thin eyebrows i'm like okay all of this is making sense i see this world 
the music. There's some great music cues in this, and I know we talked about it, but I don't think we've talked about it enough. <laughs> Particularly, give me more into love in this club. It, perfect. 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 The Usher scene, I was cracking up laughing, and I don't know why. Because <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, of course, he just shows up. The sight of JLo and Usher, and the, but them not, but him being him and JLo not being JLo, that Very definitely, amazing, yeah. like, that was a trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I had any other thoughts besides, yeah, I think that the female direction, I think I noticed that a lot in certain things. I think that, like I said, the performances are great. I love everything has this like purple hue to it that I love in the color palette. And I think that I had so much fun, but I also, I left with a, my heart was kind of sad for them. And I also like, I think that that moment when they, when she's like, well, what did Ramona say about me? And they cut back um, and like to her interview. And there's stuff that's said in there that I like did not expect to not only cry, but have like a lip quivering. Uh, I might sob in the bathroom after this movie's over kind of cry. Oh no. Wow. I, I just like it caught me off guard of like, oh, like sometimes you can just assume that if a friendship ends with someone, they don't fucking care about you and they never cared about you and they might. And that's kind of like, oof, like that's a lot to take in. But I think so, like, I, I left this movie surprised at what I got from I got more from it than I expected. And I think that that's great. I give it, I give it a seven. I feel like I'm right at a seven. Okay. I think that feels. I feel comfortable with that. All right. But I had fun and I'd recommend anybody seeing it. Cool. Ryan. Um, I've said a lot of what I need to say. Um, I'm very happy for this movie for all that, all that success. Um, I think there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I think it's just as much fun as it is technically savvy. Um, I, I think JLo is great and my um, grade is an eight, which May seem a little low considering my enthusiasm, um, but I did have problems with the way that it stuck the landing. Um, but I, I do expect this to be in or uh, on the edge of my top 10. So, All right. All right. Dan? Um, in case you couldn't tell from my intro to this year podcast, uh, my favorite part of this movie, I think, was Cardi B. <laughs> And that was completely unexpected. I give me a JLo Cardi B buddy stripper road comedy or give me death. I thought the scene where they're teaching Constance how to give a lap dance was hysterical and the best thing in the movie until the the scene with JLo and Constance outside the courthouse. Which honestly, like and that's sort of my my big thing about this movie, like it got better as it went along. I thought JLo got better as it went along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that scene was sort of the, like the bestest movie was um, it. And I think there's a lot of things in there that I, and I kind of hate to say it, but there's a lot of complicated, subtle emotions in there that you only get with a woman director writer and star i i just do i don't think men are on that wavelength most of the time and i I, i'm here for sisters doing it for themselves in making the movie and in the actual story And, and i really like that aspect of it i just wish that 
I wish that I loved it to the level that a lot of other people do, but I am, I am actually with Casey on this. I'm at a seven. I had a blast with this movie. I really, really did. Uh, two things uh, that weren't brought up that I'll just bring up really, really quickly. There was a character in this movie. His name is Doug and Doug just utterly ripped my heart out oh. in a scene where he is begging them over the phone, begging them uh, oh. to take back what they did to him. And we see a similar scene play out earlier where, sorry, I'm hitting my microphone over here, where Jennifer uh, Lopez is like, you know, this is what you say to them over the phone and you don't like give them a chance, you know, and the blah, blah, blah and everything. And, you know, and then they're gone. Because what are they going to do? They're going to get to the cops. They're going to go to their wife, you know, and say, "Oh, I spent five thousand dollars last night on these uh, strippers." And no, he does, and and he does. But that that actor, it is very very brief amount of screen time. Literally broke my heart because of how sincere and genuine he was being. Okay, okay so that actor, and I have to I have to jump in here for my NBT people. Um, that actor is Stephen Boyer, who got a Tony nomination for the play Hand to God a few years ago. Oh right. <laughs> That's he, what I knew him from. <laughs> he he's also on TV in Trial and Error, and he is one of the most ridiculously, insanely talented actors I have ever had the pleasure of seeing on stage. And I'm so glad to see him in roles like this because, like, oh god, he's amazing. But like I'm saying, in in regards to what I was saying before about feeling the weight of what these uh, characters that we love we love these characters but feeling the weight of what they're doing is ultimately wrong came through very much so in that very 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 brief amount of time from uh this actor whose name i'm gonna memorize now and commit it to memory here steven boyer yeah all right so i'll i'll remember him dan remember I that name he is gonna be big we'll see um the second thing i also want to bring up too is uh, i want to bring up the christmas scene which was the scene for me in the movie that was, let's slow down the narrative for a brief second here. Let's take a moment to catch our breaths. Let's take a moment to just simply live and breathe with these characters at a moment that is them at their happiest. And let's just let's just let that settle in for a little bit. You know, I really, yeah. really liked that the film did that a lot. And the way that Kiki Palmer says Louboutins. <laughs> <laughs> I also like Jennifer Lopez's reaction to uh, uh, Dorothy's grandmother. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is this woman? Why have you not introduced us before? <laughs> Frankie Valley. <laughs> uh, oh, my Frankie God. Valley. <laughs> that was priceless. Oh, my God. I loved that. That was great. Yeah, I loved all of that. That was, that was really, really fantastic. I'm at an 8 out of 10. On this one. Yay. <laughs> All righty. So, Oscar potential. There's been talk. I think the talk is J-Lo. I think it ends with J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think it extends beyond J-Lo? No. For Oscars, no. Okay, so we're looking at J-Lo in Best Supporting Actress. Constance Wu would be the lead here. And... What do we think? Because right now, as of today, I have her in. Me too. I can see her in. I uh, I think yeah. that I won't say it's a weak year because I think that's disservice to other actors. I'd say it's a less crowded year mm-hmm. so far. So far, and I think that that I think word of mouth. I think 
you know, her being who she is, I think that it's a strong enough performance to warrant it. I just get grossed out by the thought of old men, people in the Academy watching this movie and being like, Oh yeah, these girls are going to take the tops off. Like I'm like, even though it's not that I'm just gr- like, I'm just like, well, I think that's my, like, I'm worried about it getting in kind of a thing, you know, for to be honest, type of movie it yeah. is. Yeah. Like, I watched this movie and I, I, it's so not the Academy's taste, at least on the surface. I, I worry about it and specifically with her performance. Like, it reminded me of um, something like, I have like Nicole Kidman's performance in The Paperboy. It's so ballsy and outrageous and it's just not the Academy's cup of tea, even though she's amazing in it. Um, but the, 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 the difference is this is making a lot of money and it is. Kind of, it's a big deal, you know. I think about had Widows made money last year, where it could have gone. Like that's true. I Mm -hmm. think that I think that there is potential for her. I don't. I think she's gonna have to work work her butt off to get there. But in a weak year like this, yes, I think it can happen. Remember, two weeks so far. I mean, outside of Laura Dern, Annette Bening. And, like, what else are we talking here? Zhao Shuzen for The Farewell, Octavia Spencer for Loose, and those are iffy, right? Yeah. Well, Octavia Spencer and Loose is, I, I was, I think, you know, on a quality level, I think J-Lo's performance is my second favorite per, um, supporting actress performance of yeah, the after year Octavia. after Octavia. Yeah, so. yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I like Laura Dern in Marriage Story quite a bit, actually. Well, I don't know. I got to think about movie, that. Matt. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Matthew. That's true. I got to think I, about it. I will say the other thing to think about is like you know buzz and also momentum, and mm-hmm. if both J Lo and Constance Wu aren't nominated for Golden Globes, I will eat my hat. Oh yeah. I, like, I, well, I, well, where are they going to campaign this? And oh, they got to do it in comedy. They will. I think. Will. I think it'll be fine. I'm confident. That but here's the thing, though. I think that in order for Jennifer Lopez to be taken seriously for the best supporting actress consideration, I think they need to campaign her in supporting at the I Golden agree. Globes. Yeah. Well, of course, she's going to be gonna supporting. Happen. If if they have her, if they keep going back and forth between categories. Votes will go to lead, votes will go to supporting, and she won't make it through. I think they need to commit to supporting. I think she could even beat Laura Dern for the Golden Globe. This is such a Globesy performance, even if Glo- Laura yes. Dern wins the SAG. Like, the, J-Lo, I'm really confident that she'll win the Supporting Globe. I think she has a better chance of winning the Supporting Globe than she does uh, the Comedy Musical Globe if she were to be in the in lead actress there. To be honest, I, why would why would you put her in lead? I well, I, I don't understand that that thinking. This is I, a yeah. supporting performance. It is it is in every way a supporting performance. It's a large supporting performance, but it's a supporting performance. Agreed. Like, yeah. I don't know, and especially given how you know less strong that category is this year, I don't know why you would put her anywhere else. Well, and I. I really think that this could be a SAG player because it's an it's a really early, early release. A lot of people are seeing it, and SAG nominations ever you know every year they become more and more appealing to the masses. So yeah. I actually think that this could be a Globes player. I think I could get three nominations there: picture, um, Wu and Lopez, and then possibly a cast ensemble nomination and Lopez at the SAGs. I wouldn't be oh, shocked yeah. by a SAG ensemble just because I think mm-hmm. after last year seeing that like. Movies that make money get in here. <laughs> I mean, this yep. I feel like this could be our good karma 
from Bohemian Rhapsody people. Yeah. <laughs> this is just this is the justice for widows vote. Like yeah. <laughs> I agree on the SAG ensemble uh pick. I genuinely do think JLo, if you were to do a supporting actress lineup today, right now, I think she's in. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna and I definitely <laughs> agree with whoever said that she needs to campaign in order to stay in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just think about like, you know, uh, what's what's a good example of somebody who missed a nomination because the categories Marion Cotillard in nine. OK, like, well, Weinstein put her in lead. A lot of people wanted her in supporting. It, it was back and forth. No, 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 no. This is not a lead. This is not a lead supporting thing. This is a you know what this is? I'm tell you exactly what this is. This is a we have an industry perception of you. Yeah. And this is a movie that we to your point, Ryan, is not really on our level for the most part, most of the time. And you're the sole nominee potentially from the movie. Potentially. Yeah. It's hard to overcome that. And I think the closest and, and it's a he was on the bubble with getting the nomination. And then people mistakenly predicted him for the win. And I'm thinking of Sylvester Stallone and Creed. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good um, comparison, actually. Yeah. Um, So do we think that the movie came out? I mean, this is the middle of September. Like, literally, I mean, do we think that the movie has come out too early for her to sustain the buzz? I think the category is exactly in the position it needs to be for her to lock in a slot early. Yeah. Especially since, like, given the reception that this movie has gotten so far, critics groups will very likely help her. Yeah. Imagine if it came out later and we kind of all mentally settled on a five. Yep. Yeah. She would be dead in the water. Right. I think also, like, this came out at a point where there's not a lot out right now. So it, you know, that helped it at the box office yeah. by it being, yeah. you know. So I think it being a, I think again, because this movie's made money, I think it makes it more in the conversation than had it not. People asked me when I came to work the next day, uh, they were like, yo, Matt, did you see Hustlers? I was like, yeah. I'm like, take, take your girlfriends, go. And they were like, and they were like, oh, absolutely. Great. Matt says, go, go. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, there's definitely, I think that it's number one. What is it? It was was number number one uh, after it. No, but I've noticed in the days after it's been number one. Yeah, it has. And like, can we just say like 33 million for an opening weekend for an R-rated female-led movie about strippers? Non-franchise movie. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't think that. I mean, I know people are celebrating the money, but money for the type of film and the 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 rating that that it received. I mean, it's a big deal. Let's. uh, I want to just say it one more time because I think it needs to be said at least one more time. Justice for widows. And you know what? Maybe that the, I forget who said it just a few seconds ago. You know, had this movie come out like in November, it probably would have gotten like overcome with all the other, you know, it would have gotten lost in the shuffle. Maybe that's what happened to Widows last year. It was great and it just got lost in the shuffle. Had Widows come out in September, made a ton of money, maybe it would have gone down differently. I don't know about that. I think Widows had a problem with it had a problem with perception um people did not want to see a movie that was supposed to be fun or heist flick when it was billed by the director of 12 years a slave yeah it's yeah there were there were other factors involved there i think going to see that i I think also widows was all you know just also a less 
just a less fun movie, you know? Because, like, we were saying before about how this is for everybody. Widows was positioned as that awards movie that's going to be for only, like, a few demographics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Regardless, it's a good point that the movie came out now. It's making money, all the attention's on it, and it will give J-Lo a great platform to ride into the fall. We'll see. And we'll see what happens. New York. It'll be I, interesting to see because STX has not really been an Oscar player before. We'll um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what what they do with this now that they have a bona fide contender on their hands. Well, right. New the New York Film Critics Circle gave their win to Tiffany Haddish a few years ago. I, someone else said that. Yeah, I'm that like, was... yes, I can definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. It, it's not even them. It could be somebody else. And I just think uh, she'll be good. I think that we're, we're, it'll be a fun season with her in it. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I, I do. All right. Let's go. Casey, where can I find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark. Dan Bear. You can find me on Twitter at Dancing Dan on film. Ryan C. Showers. You can find me at RCS818 on Twitter. And you can find me in Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Hustlers here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. And be sure to also subscribe to us on Patreon for $1 minimum a month. You can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you once again for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Jennifer Lawrence made her entrance. My theater Jennifer erupted Lawrence. in applause. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs>